0: Okay. new phone. Right? What? <laughs> there is toes The Chumash at the outset uh, introduces us to the idea that I want to speak about at greater length than the here on Friday morning, but just an allusion to it here, uh, the idea of its Yvonne, that the Rabboni Shalom begins a relationship with human beings with a discipline with instructions, with commandments. He doesn't leave uh, humankind alone to its own devices, so to speak. So when a Mauritian finds himself in Ghanedin, under uh, the uh, most perfect physical circumstances imaginable, and he has an instruction from the Rabboni Shalom Kav Mikol Eitz Ochol Totel. From all of the trees that exist here in this uh, wondrous garden, you can eat whatever you want. But meitz Adaas There's one tree here. That's called the Eitz HaDas. It's hard to define that. It's usually defined in terms of knowledge. But I think uh, a more exact interpretation would be in terms of choice. Das is... Uh, because I'll say you mean das and If the, without das, there cannot be any choices, there cannot be any separations. So the etz das is the medium by which Marishon um, and all of his descendants, all human beings, have the ability to choose, and the Lord warns them. Don't eat from it. I will not prevent you from eating from it. But in the long run, it will be your undoing. Because the nature of human beings is never to make wise choices. Our nature is we don't see the future, we don't understand the consequences of behavior, we act uh, emotionally and irrationally. So how can we say that we make a wise choice? And uh, many times in life uh, that's what we call luck or good fortune. I don't know why it turned out well. I did everything wrong and it turned out fine. And sometimes I do everything right, and it turns out to be a disaster. So that was a choice that God gave. And uh, the story with the Nochash and with Chava, so uh, they come to eat from the Hadas. Now in the Torah it says, Odom and Chava were now aware that they were without clothes, that they were naked. Because when the ate in the eight Sadas, so then uh, the eight Zahara entered into them, which is part of the choice. You can't have a choice without a Yetzirah or a ra. So uh, because of that, they realized that they are a Rumim. So Rashi, uh, in his uh, parish, Rashi is, uh it's always noteworthy, but here it's uh, absolutely brilliant. So Rashi says, gay Rumi maim. What does it mean they were naked? So Rashi says, a Rumi means they were naked because they didn't have any mitzvahs. Mitzvah They had one mitzvah. Rashi means the mitzvah of not eating from the eitz and they violated that mitzvah, The art law, the mitzvah disappeared. So now they're stripped naked, they have no mitzvahs. God has left them, so to speak, without instructions. And that's what it means naked. Naked means you're left to your own devices. We said it for uh, 40 days a year more, for 50 days in the David Omerik. I had no one to instruct me, David Omerik says, but Vashem Yaasveni. The Rabbansha'um at least told me what to do. To be in a state of being where there are no instructions whatsoever, that is spiritual death. So the Meshechochmer Mayor Simcha, in his great parish, the Chumash, raises here a fundamental question. Why does Rashi say Mitzvah Achas? They had one Mitzvah. They had another Mitzvah, Purvu. That Mitzvah remained. So, they weren't naked from mitzvahs. They still had a mitzvah. So, then why did Rashi say, ki Rumi main? They're stripped of every mitzvah. So, he says here a brilliant insight. He says, once they ate from the eight sadas, and once the Eight are entered within them, Purvu was no longer a mitzvah, it was a desire, it was an instinct, but it was no longer seen as a mitzvah. And therefore, that's why it says, that they didn't have any mitzvahs because now pruravu became a physical act an act of emotion but no longer purely an act of a mitzvah and that description therefore of the evolution of how things become what they are Is really the basis for understanding of mitzvahs. Chazal uh, complained about mitzvahs anoshi mulumedis, mitzvahs that are habitual. Uh, people do mitzvahs without even thinking. It becomes uh, something natural. So the essence of the mitzvah is lost because the mitzvah is I'm doing it because I was commanded to do it. But if I do things automatically without forethought, that's what Chazal always meant when they spoke about kavona and discussed the question whether mitzvah is kavona so for the bare performance of a mitzvah, you don't need kavona. A Jew walks into the sukkah; he waits in the sukkah. Mekay in the midst of sukkahs. But is he really Mekay in the midst of sukkahs if he doesn't have any awareness of the mitzvah? If he doesn't have any intent to perform the mitzvah. And the Chazal debated that question. And even according to the one that held that mitzvahs don't need intent. Nevertheless, there's no question that even he held that they do need intent. And because of that, in Kabbalistic circles and in the Hasidic world and other places as well, they made prayers that you said before you did the mitzvah. only Yichud. Whatever those prayers are. It's not for the sake of the prayer. It's for the sake to make us realize that what we are about to perform, we're performing because tzivonu Because v'tzivu Yashem. And not because of the fact that it's socially acceptable, or it's nice, or why not, that those human failures don't add up to our credit. So that's the idea that the Meshachot says here, that Purvu became something else. No longer was a mitzvah by itself because of that, therefore, that's why it says, they knew that somehow they were stripped of something. And that loss of the holiness of the mitzvah is something that has haunted mankind until today. And we see it played out over and over again in our society and amongst our leaders, always in the news. The fact that it's stripped of its holiness, so then it becomes something that is many times negative and counterproductive. (laughs) So, <laughs> I